Look, I'm so excited about our new series. I, I mean, I really am. I'm excited. I've been, been just kind of daydreaming about it all week, and here's why. Not, not just because I get to take some of, the, some of the most misused and misquoted Bible verses uh, that exist in Scripture and give you the real, actual context and meaning of them, but it's even deeper than that. I hope that after these few weeks, after this, uh, after this service is, or after these you know, few services in this sermon series are over, uh, that you'll develop a, a, a desire for the Word of God. I hope that you develop a, a palate for the Word of God. And, and my prayer and my hope is that after this series that a watered-down, sugar-coated, bland gospel will not be good enough for you anymore. I hope that you develop a taste for the full flavor, rich, buttery, good-textured, savory Word of God. Can you say amen? Yeah, yeah. You know how people that are... i got to turn this fan off, man. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh, I hear you. There we go. All right. So, uh, you, you know how you, you see there's like wine tastings on TV or maybe you've been to one, I don't know, and the, they pour the wine in the glass and then they swirl it around and then they're like... And they, and, they, and they smell of it before they would even consider tasting it, right? I mean, before they would even consider it, they, they, they want to experience the whole thing. And, and my prayer for you is that this new wine right here becomes like that in your life. That, 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 that you wouldn't settle for nothing less. And, and that when you taste or when you even smell something that you know is a verse taken out of context, that you spit it out of your mouth. You know what I'm saying? But I pray that you'd be like, oh, yeah, 1611 was a good year. But, but oh, yeah, 2017 when they did the CSB, that was a good year too. Now, listen, if they do a Bible translation in 2020, let's just know. I can pretty much just smell the heresy on that one already. Can you say amen? So we're, we're going to just go ahead and get rid of that to start with. But listen, I want to teach you guys a couple of words, and, and you know, it's going to, I don't know, maybe be a little weird, but I want to teach you guys some things. So the first one is exegesis. Can you say it with me? Say exegesis. Yeah, I didn't, that wasn't very good. Let's try it again. Exegesis. Say exegesis. Yes, that was much better. By the time I get done with this, everyone is going to hate you all. But God is going to love you. <laughs> We're going to be like total scripture aficionados. I'm going to make like little tiny theologians everywhere. It's going to be great. Exegesis means to draw the truth out of scripture. Okay? So that's what exegesis means. Exegesis means to read the scripture and to be able to draw the truth out of the scripture into you. And, and then even, even to be able to pour it out into others. But there's another word, it's an ugly word. And it's called eisegesis. Don't say that one. It's, it's like a cuss word in theological circles, right? Eisegesis. And what that means, what that means, you can probably guess what it means. What that means is to take my truth that I already have and to put it in here. Ugh. Ugh. So what we do in eisegesis is we take our own preconceived notions that we have already, and then we find a verse that fits what we already think. Yeah, yeah, guilty. Guilty. Lord, forgive me, but I've done it, but I don't want to do it anymore, and I don't want you to do it. 
And that's a big part of what this Twisted Sermon series is about, is teaching us to do exegesis and not eisegesis. Because let me tell you this, the Bible doesn't need anything from you, but you need everything from it. Can you say amen? Yeah, give God praise for that because he deserves it. Doesn't need anything from you. Doesn't need your help. Doesn't need your commentary. The Bible doesn't need anything from you. But you need everything that is in here. You need everything that is in here. But if you're going to get it, I want you to get it right. I want you to get it right. If you would, stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning. Now, our main verse is, is, you know, they did John 14, 13 in the video, but I actually want to move it down one and get one that's even less well understood. It's John 14, 14, and the Bible says this, if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. And people pull that verse out, and they throw it around, and it don't mean what they think it means at all so let's start let's start what i what i tell you what what, what i tell you daniel where we're going to start in verse 8 is that correct okay let's 8 to 21 so let's start in verse 8 john 14 starting in verse 8 lord said philip show us the father and that's enough for us what philip philip about got the taste smacked out of his mouth and jesus was probably like what enough you putting limits and expectations on me, son? Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time and you don't know me, Philip? That's going to become important later. The one who has seen me has seen the Father. <laughs> How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe it because of the works themselves. Truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it if you, have, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another counselor to be with you. How long? Forever. Woo! He is the spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I'm coming to you. In a little while... The world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live too. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father, in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. The one who has my commands and keep them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I also will love him and reveal myself to him. Can you say amen? Yeah, give him praise, man. Give him praise. Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to us. And this I truly play, pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Give him praise one more time. Amen. 
Oh, my. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. In the name of Jesus, give me the lotto, God. I'll wait. In the name of Jesus, stir this election my way, God. I'll wait. Lord Jesus, I need a new car that I don't have to pay for. Lord Jesus, win us a football game, please. Please. Now look, those are silly. Those are silly. But these are serious. Lord, heal my loved one. In Jesus' name. Lord, break my chains. In Jesus' name. And we say it. But it don't always work, does it? I mean, is that your experience? That anything we pray in Jesus' name that he gives us? No? Is, is that what the rest of the Bible teaches? That whatever we pray in Jesus' name, he gives us? Matter of fact, do you see any, do you, do you read in the New Testament the apostles closing their prayer within Jesus' name? And we, yet we expect, don't we? Anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. That's the prosperity gospel in a nutshell. But let me tell you this real quick before we even get started. The prosperity gospel is no gospel at all. Because Jesus plus everything just equals Jesus. Which means Jesus plus nothing still equals everything. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, give him praise for that because he deserves it. A man that has everything in this world and has Jesus still just has Jesus. And a man in this world that has nothing at all but has Jesus has everything that he could ever need. Have y'all ever ate dinner with me and seen me bite the inside of my mouth? If you've done it more than a couple of times, yeah, Jen's Jen shaking and nodding her head. If you've had dinner with me more than a couple of times and you've seen me go, ah, and bite the inside of my mouth. I do, it, I do it on accident a lot now because one time I did it on purpose. Really bad. Really, really bad. I was walking through the, what they called the uh, atrium or whatever at church one day. And this guy walked up to me. I mean, I'd, I'd seen this guy before, but I didn't know him from Adam. I had no idea who he was. And uh, it was right after my dad had passed away, and he asked me what had happened to my dad. And I told him, you know, it's a couple different things, and, you know, the, he passed away, and it was rough, rough on us. And he said, yeah. He said, well, didn't you pray that he be healed? And I said, yeah. He said, you didn't have enough faith. And so I bit the inside of my mouth because I was standing in church. And I was trying not to knock this dude out. <laughs> and by the time I made it to the bathroom, I had blood running down the corner of my mouth like a vampire because I bit the inside of my mouth so hard. I didn't have enough faith. You hear me? I didn't have enough faith. And, and, I, and some of you guys know the story of when I lost my dad. I, I had it out with God in the parking lot at the medical center. And yeah, I prayed for my dad to be healed. I, I prayed that God would heal his body. Man, man, I, I prayed that, that, that God would, would just take this disease from him. And I prayed in faith. And if you don't think that I have enough faith and you haven't been around me for five minutes, because faith in God is my whole life, can you say amen? And I prayed knowing that God could. And I prayed believing that God would. Uh, and God didn't. 
but have enough faith in God that I still believe, even though he didn't. Because as I was sitting there in the car in the parking lot at the medical center crying out to God, heal my dad, heal my dad, the voice of the Holy Spirit spoke into my life and said, what you need to be praying for is mercy. And so all of a sudden, all the questions in my life changed. It changed from, am I praying hard enough? It changed in my, uh, from, from are my, you know, what, what, am I, what do I want? And, and, and am I asking good enough? And have I asked enough times? And, 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 and can I bend God's will? My, all the questions changed, and it just changed to this. Do you know me? Is your purpose mine? Do you trust me? And are you willing to surrender to my will? And in that moment, my whole life changed. But my first point is this. If you don't know the Son, then don't pray in the name of the Son. If you don't know Him, then don't pray in His name. This scripture's to believers. And I'm just being honest with everybody in this room, everybody that's watching online. If you don't know Him, then don't bother praying in His name. Just don't. This, this word that he's speaking is for those that believe. Those that believe that when we see him, that we see the Father. Those that believe that he died on that cross for our sins, that he rose again on the third day, that he ascended back to heaven, and that he released the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in our lives. That's who this word is for. Not for everybody that's walking across the face of the earth. But for those that believe, that word pistio in the Greek means to believe, but it means more than the word believe. And I, and I preached this a couple times recently than what we take the word believe to mean. It means to believe enough to act. It means to believe enough to surrender. It means to believe enough to let it move you and change you and cause you to live and breathe. Can you say amen? If you don't know him, then don't pray in his name. You know, I got a call from a judge one day. And, and you know, I'm not really expecting a call from a judge. <laughs> And he was like, this is judge so-and-so. And I was like, I didn't do it. I've been clean 14 and a half years, man. I didn't do it. <laughs> you know, I, I got off probation in 2007. Somebody say amen. I, I didn't do it. I ain't done nothing, man. I ain't done nothing. And he was like, no, 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 no. He said, somebody put your name down. As a reference, we're in a custody hearing here. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I better sit down. <laughs> All right, what's up? And he said, do you know so-and-so? And I was like, no, no, no. Doesn't sound familiar. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, they say that they go to your church. And I was like, well, dude, we, you know, we probably, at that time, he's probably been, it was back before the corona and everything. I was like, man, we're running about 350 people on a Sunday. You know, it's very possible that they do come to our church. If they just started coming recently, I, I may not know them. So they very well may come here. I can, you know, get with my, you know, get with my, my guest services people, and, and I can find out, you know, if they, I can probably find out if they fill out a card or whatever if they've been here. And he was like, no, 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 no. They said, they said they, they said they know you. And I was like, Okay. And he said, they said that they've been coming to your church for over a year. They said that they've been on mission trips with you. 
And they said that they've helped serve in your kids' ministry. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know them. That none of that stuff is true. Because, look, I may not know everybody's name that is, you know, comes to this church. I may not even know every single person's name that's in here right now. I think I know almost every one of them. But, uh, every, but people that have been on mission trips with us, I know every single one. And I guarantee you, let me make it a guarantee right now, anybody... And everybody that we ever let sit foot, even in our kids' area, I know their name, I know their background, I know where they come from and what they're doing. Can you say amen? If, if I'm letting them get anywhere close to our kids, I know them. I know them. I know them. And I was like, buddy, or excuse me, I was like, let me get real serious. like, sir, your honor. I have no idea who this is. No idea. So using my name did them no good because I don't know them. And if somebody put me down as a job reference, I'd probably be like, yeah, they're fine. Hang up. But when it's dealing with kids, I don't know you. I'm not speaking on your behalf. I'm going to tell the truth. Because I guarantee you that I value your kid's life more than I value yours. Can somebody say amen? And so using my name did them no good because I don't know them. And I have to think that it's the same way when we offer up prayers to heaven, to the Father. And we're like, Father, would you do this? And Father, would you do that? And God, would you do this? And God, would you do that? In Jesus' name. And then the father's like, son? And the son's like, I've heard of them, but I don't know them. And if he don't know you, then he can't vouch for you. And if the son of God can't vouch for you, then praying in Jesus' name is not only useless, it's insulting. It's insulting to use somebody's name when you don't know them. And so my whole point with that is if you're going to pray in Jesus' name, then you need to get to know Jesus. Because when you do know him and you cry out in his name and the father looks over and says, son, do you know him? And he's like, yes, daddy, that one belongs to me. Can somebody say amen? Because relationship matters relationship matters but you know what else matters motive matters motive matters and if you don't share the purpose of the son you're not really praying in the name of the son now you might tag it on there and you might even know him but if you don't have the same motive as him then you're not really praying in his name it don't matter what you say because God doesn't even look at the outside appearance. God looks at the, ooh, that same degenerate heart that our worship pastor was talking about. Yeah, that same one. And if it's doing its own thing, then guess what? You ain't going to get nothing done but a bunch of shady stuff. That's why we have to have a new heart created within us. That's why we have to have a right spirit restored within us 
so that by his spirit and by his grace that we can get on the same page as him. Because do you know that in the name of, in, in the Hebrew culture really means under the authority of? Do, do you get that? And, and you may not have known that, but let me teach you about Hebrew culture. So when they say in the name of, it means under the authority of. Now, I've been attacked before by some other ministries, and God bless them, man, I pray for them often, that, that didn't like the way that we baptized people because they wanted us to baptize in the name of Jesus only, and, and that's fine. And, and we always say the name of Jesus when we baptize, but th th they're so caught up in those words, in the name of, in the name of, in the name of. And, and I try to explain to them, in the name of means under the authority of. When you're doing something in somebody's name, you're doing it by their authority. And so when we're praying by the authority of Jesus, we better have the same motive as Jesus. We better have the same purpose as Jesus. Because if we're praying in his name and calling on his name and living in his name, then we're going to have the same purpose, the same motive that he has. Can you say amen? And it's plainly stated in the scripture. In the scripture, I'll do whatever you ask so that my Father is glorified in the Son. So if what you're seeking to do does not bring glory to God, then guess what? You're wasting your breath. You're wasting your breath. If you're praying out of selfish ambition, you're wasting your time. If you're praying out of vain repetition, you're wasting your time. If you're praying out of anything except bringing glory to God and enjoying His goodness, then you're wasting your time. If our purpose is not to glorify God, then we're not praying in his name. And, and, and this one's the one that kind of bothers me the worst. If you don't trust the Son, then why proclaim the name of the Son? Because faith matters. And I know I told you that story about the guy who said I didn't have enough faith, but faith does matter. Faith does matter. You see it all through Scripture. Your faith has made you whole, Right? Your faith has healed you. Your, your, your faith did this. I, I couldn't heal as many in that town because they didn't have any faith. Faith does matter. If, if we pray thinking that God's not going to do it anyway, guess what? You're not going to. You're not going to. I remember the first time I was standing around a hospital bed and there was a, a, a child, actually. I know we're talking a lot about kids, but that's been an ongoing theme here. So we're going to save our children, and he's going to use us to do it. Can somebody say amen? I'm standing around a hospital bed, and there's a kid in there in really bad shape. And they asked me to come and pray. So I go, and I'm there, and the family's all around, and they're all staring at me as if I can heal this child. And somewhere in your Christian walk, you're going to be asked to pray over somebody if you're really walking with him. And probably a lot of you have been already. And they're, and they're going to ask you to pray for somebody, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on you, and it's going to be scary. And, and so I was young in ministry, and, and not too young. I've been, you know, doing, doing it for two or three years. I've been youth pastor a long time, and I've been in some of these situations before, but for some reason this was really heavy on me. And, and so I, I get ready to pray, and I'm thinking in my mind, okay, how can I pray a vaguest prayer as possible? I'm just being transparent with y'all. How can I pray as vague a prayer as possible so that when this doesn't happen, that they don't, like, judge me as a heretic? You, you know what I'm saying? 
So, so, that, so that this family doesn't come up to me and say, you prayed that God would heal her and now she's gone and it's all your fault and I'm scared. And I'm thinking, how can I do this? Like, how can I pray for this child in a way that, 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 that sounds good and, and, and yet doesn't hold me accountable to it, right? Oh my God, what a disgusting lack of faith. I mean, it makes me sick to even think about it. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. I mean, thank God that I don't have to do this on my own because I'm telling you what, we'd be in bad shape. Oh, Lord. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and, and, and he just, he did like he does. And it wasn't really words, it was just, God put it in my heart and said, why don't you just unashamedly ask for a miracle? And I was like... And get to, I'm having this internal dialogue with God during this whole time, and all this family is like staring at me, and this like little girl is laying there with these tubes hooked up in her. So goes, I need you to sit the scene. And I'm like, and they're all staring at me, and they're like, are you going to pray or not? And I'm like, and they're like, are you okay? Do we need to get somebody? And, and so I'm like, what? And God's like, why don't you? have a mustard seed of faith and unashamedly ask for a miracle. And I was like, but what if you don't do it? <laughs> and then there was nothing. <laughs> you would think after a question like that that the Lord would respond, right? nothing so I go back to reality and I'm like Lord Jesus Lord I pray over this child and and I pray and, and I started to say if it's in your will but it didn't I didn't I couldn't I could I, I couldn't spit it out and instead what I said was this Lord we just gather in your presence today and we unashamedly, with no regret, ask for a miracle in this place. And God, we pray that you just breathe your healing breath on this child. And that your glory would fall from heaven. And that the power of your love be made evident in this body and in this room. That your Holy Spirit would just well up in every heart that we have in here. I was preaching at this point. And, and that your glory, God, would just shine a light in all this darkness. And that this person would be healed in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, now nothing happened. I'm just kidding. Nothing happened. And nothing happened. And we said, Amen. And I left. And I was afraid because I was afraid when I prayed with such fervency wasn't going to come true. But I had enough faith to say it. I had enough faith to say it in front of people. I had enough faith that I was willing to be held accountable. You hear me? I had enough faith in that moment, not that I always do, but I had enough faith in that moment that I was willing to be held accountable for what God was going to do. 
And I see y'all leaning forward. And yes, two days later, that child was unhooked and at home with their family. Can somebody say amen? But ever since, I've unashamedly asked God for miracles. Y'all have heard me do it. And sometimes he gives them. And sometimes he doesn't. Because I've been in the same situation up there at Cosair Hospital, gathered around the bed of another child. And I prayed that same prayer, and I prayed even harder. I prayed even harder. Some of y'all know the situation. I prayed even harder because I loved this child. I prayed even harder. And God didn't answer my prayers. Not the way that I wanted anyway. Not the way that I wanted. But I'm willing to be held accountable for what God does. Because here's the thing, Way Church. I know that God can. And I believe that He will. But even if He doesn't, I'm still going to praise Him anyway. Can you say amen? Because listen, my faith in God is not based on what He does. My faith in God is based on what He did 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross to save our souls and change our lives. Can you say amen? So here's the kicker on all of this. God's will matters. God's will matters. And if our prayers don't line up with God's will, then guess what? We're not praying in his name. And it doesn't matter what we say. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I'll probably still end all my prayers with in Jesus' name just because I like the way it sounds. But it's not about what we say. Being in Jesus' name is about living in Jesus. It's about breathing in Jesus. It's about existing in Jesus. It's about our life and our death and our resurrection and everything that we are and everything we could ever be and all the plans that he has for us. Everyone surrendered at the foot of the cross and that's what it means to be in Jesus' name. Do you understand that a little better today? That's what it means to be in Jesus' name. That's what it means. That's what it means to be in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, man, the Bible says this in 1 John 5. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we have ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. But listen, if you're living in Jesus, if you're really living and breathing in Jesus, then everything that you could ask for has already been done. Everything that you've asked for has already been done. And so if all the things that I've said today are true, if relationship matters, if, if motive matters, if faith matters, if God's will matters, then why pray at all? Why pray at all? Two reasons. Number one, because your prayers do move the heart of God. I don't know why. He loves to hear his children talk to him. He loves to hear his children talk to him. And you guys that are parents and grandparents, you know it's true. And it doesn't even matter what they say. Well, I walk in the door in the afternoon, I hear, Paul! <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. 
Oh, and his new one is this. Every time me and Logan walk down the hallway, he goes, hut, 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 hut. And he's planning on knocking you down. God loves to hear his children. Here's the second one. In prayer, all of a sudden we get to know him. In prayer, our motives, our purpose begins to line up with his purpose. In prayer, our faith begins to expand and explode. And in prayer is where we truly surrender to God's will. So what you'll find, the more that you pray, is that prayer actually has more to do with changing us than it does with changing God. So when Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. What he's really saying is, is that when your character matches my character, when your life matches up with my life, when your intentions are in line with my intentions, when you are filled with my Holy Spirit, then guess what? Whatever you ask, I'm going to do it. Can you say amen? And that's where we're at today. That's where we're at. And so I was sitting there in that parking lot. And I prayed for God's mercy. You know why? Because I know Jesus. Because I know him. I prayed for God's mercy. You know why? Because I have the same purpose as Jesus. I prayed for mercy that day. Because I trust Jesus. I prayed for mercy. Because at one of the most important moments of my entire life, I found myself ready to surrender to the will of God. And a few hours later, a few hours later, my dad passed. But I know without a shadow of a doubt that in spite of the life he may have lived when he was younger and even most of my childhood, that by the grace of God, not by anything he did, not by anything that I did on his, in his behalf, I know without a shadow of a doubt that by the grace of God, that my earthly father stands right now in the presence of my heavenly Father, bathed in His glory, filled with His grace, singing His praises at the top of His lungs because my God is good and He gives good gifts. And in spite of anything that we do, His grace is more than enough. Can you say amen at the Way Church today? And man, give my Father in heaven some praise. Ah, 
Yes. The name. The name above every name. The only name under heaven by which we may be saved. Come on, guys. Anything you ask in my name, I will do it. But that's the question that we have to ask today. Are we in his name? And here's how you get there. Do you know him? Do you have the same goals as him? Do you trust him? And are you willing to surrender to his will? Because if you are, if you are, then you can get to a place You can get to a place where the whole world is wide open to you. Because I promise you guys, when you're standing in his name, it doesn't matter where you're at physically. It doesn't matter where you're at emotionally. It doesn't matter where you're at in this whole world. If you're standing in his name, there is no better place to be. And so I have to ask you, do you know him? I mean, do you truly know him? Because on that day, many will come to him and say, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. Didn't I I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do many mighty works in your name? He'll say, Father, I, I, don't, I don't know him. I don't know him. Do you know him? Man, because if you don't, you need to get to know him. And you can do that today. You, you can do that today. Because here is how we get to know Jesus. We hear the gospel message, we respond to the gospel message. We hear the truth and grace of God proclaimed or or we read it in his word. Not twisted, straight up.